Some will say, well, it was only a Category 1 hurricane. But when it's all said and done, Hurricane Florence will go down as one of the costliest and deadliest hurricanes to hit North Carolina in the past century. Locally, Campbell University was spared much of the damage that a lot of the central and eastern part of the state saw. The same cannot be said for communities uh, within 20 miles of the university. Um, the Little River, the Cape Fear River, saw record flooding after the storm, and many communities uh, around those rivers experienced flooding and damage that will probably take years to recover from. We're joined today by Faith Beam. She's been the campus minister at Campbell University since 2007, but very recently she was named Assistant Vice President for Spiritual Life here, and she became one of the first two women to join the university's cabinet. Just last week, she led efforts to start a hurricane task force on campus here, and the goal there is to help local communities that were hit hardest by Hurricane Florence and to help students who live in other parts of the state that were hit hardest. We welcome Faith Beam to our show today. I'm Billy Liggett. I'm joined by co-host Kate Stoneburner, and this Rhymes with Orange. All right, Faith Beam, thank you for joining us today to uh, talk about several things. But before we get into um, the topics of the day, uh, we ask every guest that comes on our show, um, what brought you to Campbell University? I know that uh, you started here, you worked here, you were a student here. Uh, tell us what drew you to Campbell. Yeah, my, my story began with coming here for Divinity School in, in 2000. Um, my, my husband was working for the Baptist State Convention of North Carolina in Cary, and we were living in the western part of the state, Shelby, and he would drive back and forth a couple of times a week to work, and I was serving as a minister of music and education at a church in Shelby, and had a, a tragedy happen in that church, and uh, we lost a youth, and uh, one of my roles at that church was youth minister, and as I was helping to care for the youth and the families, what I realized is that I needed some more education. I needed to learn better how to care for um, people in different situations. And so theological education was the answer to that. And um, because my husband was working in this part of the state, I decided to look at Campbell. I didn't know much about Campbell then. I was from the western part of North Carolina. And so I made an appointment to meet with the admissions folks in the Divinity School. And as soon as I stepped into Taylor Hall and met with the director of admissions then, uh, I felt welcomed and it felt like home. It felt like I was where I was supposed to be. And so they offered me the opportunity to come to Divinity School and um, I've been here ever since. And uh, it's been a good place for me. Not to dwell on the uh, the bad part of that story, but uh, you said you lost a youth at, at this church that you were, that you were with. Um, what about that did you struggle with as far as dealing with it and maybe consoling the family and um, what, what about that made you feel like you needed, you needed to learn more, I guess? Yeah. Um, I came straight out of my undergraduate education into a full-time position as a minister in a church. And, um, I grew up in the church and so I had a strong foundation of, of scripture and faith for, for that point in my life. Um, but I had never walked with families in a community through tragedy, through the loss of, of a teenager to a car accident. And while we can't answer the questions of why things happen like that, um, I was not prepared to help people deal with the emotions that they were struggling with. And um, I, I needed a little bit more information to help me sort through that myself. 
Um, and so, so I decided divinity school was the answer. Now I went to divinity school and I didn't get the answers that I needed. Um, but what I learned was how to walk with people through difficult times and the importance of, of being present in times of tragedy. Well, um, Campbell's very glad to have you. Um, you've been here since I've been here and I've always enjoyed working with you. And, uh, there's several things we're going to talk about, but, uh, the timeliness of you being here with us today has to do with another um, tough topic, and that's uh, Hurricane Florence, which uh, fortunately for Campbell University, we did not get the damage and even really the flooding that um, our that our colleagues down in Wilmington got and some other um, some other universities to the east of us and southeast of us. But really close to us, um, we have some communities that were damaged by the storm and, and rising rivers. And, and uh, the further east you go and southeast you go, there's still communities that are not only hurting from Hurricane Florence, but still from two years ago, Hurricane Matthew. So you saw the need for Campbell to step up and, and help people. So um, tell us about where the idea of, of creating a hurricane task force came from. We... We have been very fortunate that we didn't sustain the damage that so many of our neighbors did, but our, our community is full of, of caring individuals, and, and I was starting to get phone calls and emails and um, talking with people on campus about the need to help our neighbors because we are a place of, of higher education, but we're a place where we care about others. And um, because there was such a, a desire to do that, um, I felt like it was important for us to try and collaborate and maybe create some opportunities for the entire community to get together and make an impact in the eastern part of the state. And so that's where the idea of the task force came from, that our students, faculty, and staff were already wanting to make a difference, already wanting to reach out. And so how can we pull those resources together to do that? And so we invited students, um, members of different departments and schools to come together to create this task force. And I think that we We've done a good job of pulling together as many of, of our different partners as we can. And last Friday, we, we sat in a classroom in Taylor Hall and talked about what was important and who our partners are and, and areas that we can be involved in. And one of the things that, that rose to the top very quickly is that we, we need to reach out to those who are impacted closest to us. And, and what you alluded to, Billy, is that there are people that are just a few miles from us who are trying to pick up the pieces and who have been impacted in significant ways. And so uh, one of our first contacts was with um, Phil Addison, who's the pastor at Friendship Baptist in Bun Level. And his church is actually a coordination site for that part of Harnett County. And we've been in contact with him about how we can send teams out to help with mud outs and, and clean up and that sort of thing. And so our task force is creating several different opportunities for the university at large to be involved. But we also want to give our community space to do things that they feel connected to. And so I've had some conversations over the last couple of days with, with different schools, uh, law school and medical school about how they can be involved in addition to what we're doing on main campus. Everybody, I mean, everybody wants to help, especially when you're involved in an organization. And one of the things that people ask early on is how can I help? How can I immediately help? Um, but I, and I was in that first meeting, I think one of the important things that was brought up was, um, yes, there are a lot of groups here on campus that want to help, but it's important to have a strategic plan going into it. And, and rather than just having a sorority here and a fraternity here, and it's important to have a plan and to have it all fall under one umbrella. Why, why is that? Well, I, I 
think that we have to be helpful and not hurtful to our communities who have been impacted in tragic ways. And the people who are on the ground now are the ones who can assess what the needs are and determine where these groups who want to help can be most helpful. And so if we, if we stand back for just a, a couple of weeks and allow those people to assess and let us know what the needs are, whether it's food, whether it's supplies, whether it's people to come in and help clean up, they can tell us what the needs are, and then they can send us exactly where the most, uh, most important needs lie, and, and then we can make an impact there. Um, and so uh, I think that that's, that's a little bit of the, the desire to, to hold at a, at a pause and allow those experts to tell us where those needs are. And so that's, that's what we're trying to do with the task force. I heard the other day an estimate that the damage from Florence, not just in our region, but across the state would take about two years probably to get people back on their feet. How long term is our strategic plan looking right now? Just as long as people are willing to help? Well, I, I think that's a great question. And um, I, I don't know the answer to that. My hope is that we would have a long term effort. Um, but it is a matter of keeping our our students and our faculty and staff engaged in that because because we are we are a university and our students have to go to class and and, and have those things I on their so. mind, and so so there yes uh, we would love for it to be long term. Uh, in our meeting with leaders from the task force yesterday, that question came up, and we certainly are committed for the fall semester and want to do so in the spring semester as well. And so we'll evaluate when we get to the spring semester and see what are ways that we can continue to be involved. Because as Billy mentioned before, there, there are families who are still trying to recover from Hurricane Matthew two years ago. Mm -hmm. So while, while it may take two years with Florence, it may take longer for some families when you lose everything. So. And everybody wants to help now because it's fresh in their it, minds. It's going to be harder in a year yeah. or in two years to say, hey, we still have you know this, this house has terrible mold damage from two years ago, and they really need help. Um, two years from now, you may not get the same enthusiasm. Uh, how do you think you can keep the interest, I guess? Well, I think that's that's important for us to continue to tell the story and um, be be in contact with those communities that are still recovering and, and, um, and maybe have them help us tell the story, you know, what the needs are, get those folks here to tell the needs so that, that we can keep our students engaged. And so that's, that's on us as a task force to continue to keep that in front of our community. So we, we need to be committed to a long-term support, whether it's sending teams, whether it's praying, whether it's collecting items, whether it's collecting money, that we continue to keep those people who, whose lives have been, have been up, upturned in a, in a profound way, keep them in front of us so that we continue to care for them. How will, um, if there are organizations or even individuals on campus who, who want to help, um, how early can they start helping and, and uh, um, how do they go about reaching you and, and, and find out how they can help? We hope our webpage will be up either today or tomorrow, and that will be the hub for all the information that we have about what we're going to do. And so individuals and groups can go to that webpage to see what the immediate needs are and the immediate ways that we're going to be involved. And if they want to know more, they're welcome to, to stop by my office or email me either way. That site will be shared soon. I believe, though, campbell.edu slash stormrelief is the address, but... There might be a dash between storm and relief, so <laughs> I'm not ready to share that just yet, but but we'll be sharing it soon. And uh, I think um, I, I was very impressed by that first meeting, just as a observer and a casual listener. But <laughs> no, I was I was very impressed, and uh, I think it's a great idea, absolutely. 
And I think there's another layer of the effects of the storm that, that we need to be aware of at Campbell is that we have students who come from those communities and most of them returned to campus for classes last week, but, but they carry with them the impact of, of their neighborhoods being impacted, maybe their homes being impacted in some way. And so there's a level of care that, that we provide here that we need to continue to do with our community counseling, I guess. Uh, There's a lot of stress. I mean, I I didn't get near the damage, but it was a stressful two or three days. It was, and I can't imagine, um, and I was in Louisiana for Katrina, and I saw what that did to people down there. Um, the, these storms have lasting, lasting effects. They do. They do. And one of the things that we've been talking about with our staff in spiritual life is the importance of paying attention to people on campus and the conversations that we have to to give a moment to listen if someone wants to talk about the fact that they they left home and their grandparents' house was just destroyed and they're they're hurting for their grandparents or for their neighbor or for their own family, how we care for them while they're here, trying to continue with their their classes and trying to be successful here when things are difficult at home. Well, thank you, Faith. And uh, if you don't mind, we're going to shift gears a little okay. bit. <laughs> okay. Um, you were a campus minister. You still are campus minister. You've yes. been campus minister since 2007. Um, you earned your Master of Divinity here in 2003. So you've been with Campbell a while now, but uh, just this year you were named Assistant Vice President for Spiritual Life. And with that role, you and uh, one of our former guests on the show, Sherry Yerk Zwickel, um, <laughs> the two of you became the first two women to join the university cabinet. Now, we're 131 years into Campbell University, so maybe that's not something we should <laughs> broadcast to the world. But I think it's a, an incredible accomplishment, incredible feat, and congratulations on that. Uh, what um, what does that mean to you? I I'm I'm still trying to figure out what that means to me. Um, uh, it, it it was a surprise, and and I in so many ways am humbled to to be one of the first women to sit at that table. Um, but I'm honored to have that role because as a, as a place of Christian higher education, a place that is rooted in faith, to have someone sitting at the administration level um, to help keep that in view in terms of what we do and who we are is really important. And for me to be the pers- first person to have that role, um, I'm honored. And um, I'm still trying to figure out what my work looks like <laughs> in light of that new title right. um, that's evolving and growing. But I'm excited to see what that's going to look like. Um, you said you're still trying to figure out that role. But uh, I don't know. Can you give us kind of a peek behind the curtain? of, uh, Or, or is, this all, is this like a secret society <laughs> that uh, um, what's, what's it, um, what is the role of, of somebody on the cabinet? Um, I, think, I think an important <laughs> part of being on the cabinet is... Um, recognizing the importance of, of keeping the institution uh, grounded with who it is and um, keeping our work in front of us. And so as we sit around the table, each one of us has a different lens by which we do that. And um, I, I've only been in a few of those meetings, uh, but I have been impressed with the sense of um, import that we have and that we care about the work that we're doing. Um, and uh, that we, we talk about those things on a, on a regular basis and, um, and, and that we have fun sitting around the table too. Yeah, we're catching outside noise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. We'll, we'll keep going. We'll keep going. I won't even edit this out. That's how, oh, that's that's how, how live we are. Great. Great. Thanks. <laughs> so tell us more about um, the life of a campus minister and kind of, um, 
I imagine it's a very broad role. It's a very, uh, um, from counseling students to um, leading hurricane efforts. Tell us, um, to you, what, what does it mean to be a campus minister? Well, I, I will say that uh, when I took on this new role, it was important for me to retain uh, my role as campus minister. I also share that with staff members in our office, but for me to retain that role because that is very much a part of what my calling is and, and who I've been called to be. Uh, but the role of campus minister depends on the day. And um, at the heart of being a campus minister is being a presence for, for our community and uh, representing that we are a place where faith is important and uh, that faith can, can coexist in a very profound and important way alongside what happens in the classroom. And that at a place like Campbell, students can, can get a, a world-class education, but they also can, can investigate their faith, can, they can discover what their faith is and how they can express their faith in a place that will um, support that, will allow them to ask questions, will expose them to different ideas and give them freedom to, to uh, learn more about who they are. Um, a lot of times when students come to college, whether it's Campbell or anywhere else, they're bringing with them what, what they've been taught, that inherited faith, and that is so important. That's their, that's their foundation. But when they come to a different environment and they begin to, to have conversations, they hear things that maybe challenge what they know and what they believe. And so a, a campus minister provides the space and the freedom for that conversation and to remind our community that um, having those conversations and learning from someone who thinks and believes differently also helps us with our own beliefs and helps us grow stronger in what we believe. And so um, having that space to do that is, is an important role of the campus minister. Um, and, and depending on the day, we may provide pastoral care. Um, uh, we may be moving furniture around for an event. Uh, we may be cooking food in the campus ministry house for something. And so it depends on the day, but it's a, in some ways it's a utility position. Um, but to really, to, to represent the sense of, of community and faith on our campuses is a role of a campus minister. Going back to kind of what you said about having questions and, uh, you're absolutely right about college. No other time in your life are you going to... Um, experience such a culture shock of different ideas and different beliefs and just different people because in high school you're you grow up with that and high school can be full of different people but pretty much you stay with your crowd and you stay with your your beliefs and your church and and I imagine when you get to college there are a lot of questions so do you get a lot of people um I, I know you have a lot of people that confide a lot in you and do you get a lot of people that just have like faith I just have I have a lot of questions for you, and uh, and they just lay it on you. I mean, is that is that part of your role as well? Very much so. Um, certainly get that in the, the office on 101, but also in, in groups of students as well. And um, those are those questions are natural. And um, college is, is just the fertile ground to, to begin to sort out who we are as people um, and who God has created us to be. And so having someone to not necessarily tell someone what to believe, because I don't think that that's my role, um, but to, to ask the right questions and to ask questions to help a student begin to think clearly about who they are and, um, and to be okay with the questions because uh, the questions, they define us as much as the answers. And, um, and being willing to wrestle with questions is, uh, takes courage. 
and bravery. And so creating space for, for students, faculty, and staff. I, I find myself asking questions as well. And, and um, I, I don't have all the answers and, and uh, I, I won't have all the answers, but being okay with wrestling with the questions and knowing that my faith provides a sense of hope and, and I think helping our students understand that, that when they have a value system, when they have faith, that's where their hope resides. And even if there are difficult situations in life, if they have hope, they can, they can make it through. They can persevere through whatever storm it is, whether it's a hurricane or whether it's some sort of storm in their life. You mentioned um, meeting other people with dissenting beliefs. Is, it's a big developmental thing and the life of a student. And we were talking earlier about your work to bring diversity to Campbell's campus, even though we do have this Baptist history and a Christian mission. Sure. Um, what would draw someone of a different faith to Campbell in spite of its history as a Christian school? Well, I, I think first of all, what's going to draw them to Campbell is an academic program. Mm-hmm. Um, because we are so known for being a place of Christian higher education. I'm not sure that we would exactly draw a student from another faith tradition for that reason. Um, but I do think uh, an academic program or an environment that feels like home would, envir- would invite them. And I think that that's what, that's what we're trying to do with our office is, um, uh, first of all, provide, provide um, a sense of welcome that uh, we, we are a place of hospitality. And so regardless of what your faith looks like, whether you have faith or, or none at all, that this is a place where you belong and that you can be who you are. And that even if you, if you are not a Christian, that you can express your faith um, or that you can leave your faith alone, but that you feel welcome and that you have the freedom to do that in this space. So I think instead of um, focusing on... Um, uh, inviting different faith traditions to campus, really focusing on that sense of let's create an environment where, where people feel welcome and they feel like they belong. And when people feel like they belong, then they're willing to, to open themselves up and begin to talk about um, what they think and what they believe. And there's a, a high sense of vulnerability in that. And so if we, if we can create space for people to do that, then I think we have some rich conversations in front of us. A lot of, for a lot of people, I think their faith defines a lot of people and for a lot of people their faith is secondary or maybe is even much lower than that but um 20 30 years ago maybe even sooner the idea of a baptist affiliated university welcoming other faiths might have been a radical idea um not so much these days so why do you think why do you think that's kind of shifted why do you think um we're we're as a society becoming more accepting of of other people's ideas and beliefs I stumped her on that. Sure did. <laughs> I need to process that one. Um, I, I certainly think. Let me start at Campbell. I think for Campbell, um, it, it really is embracing who we are. Um, an expression of the Christian faith is being uh, a place of welcome, uh, where where. We see people who, for who they are and who God has created them to be, whatever that looks like. And from that, we learn and grow. Um, I think as a society, uh, the, the need to see people and to see all of who people are is really important. And I think that we're, we're beginning to recognize that with um, certainly some of the things that are, are creeping up in our society today. Um, 
and related to, to issues of race and related to issues of human sexuality um, in uh, diverse communities, um, we, we have to see people. We have to recognize that people are different than us. And um, I, I think if we, if we don't make space for that, um, then we have missed a really important opportunity. Um, and so I think Campbell, I think Campbell is beginning to, to warm to that idea. I think we've always been that, that kind of community. Um, uh, but I think really articulating that, um, when we talk about who we are is important. And, um, as a university, we are also a microcosm of, of society itself. And so what's happening in society, a lot of those things are also happening on our campus. And so how do we engage those? Well, Faith, um, we are out of time, it looks like. And, uh, I I just want to say, um, I, and I've known you since, uh, since I've been here, um, to have a campus minister that is um, that listens like you do and is understanding as, as you are, um, I think Campbell University is very fortunate, and uh, I think that shows in the work you do. It shows with your recent promotion, and then to take all that and still lead a hurricane task force, um, we're all very impressed, and we thank you very much for for all that and for being on our show today. Well, thank you for having me. And uh, um, I did want to tease uh, coming up next, uh, Kate took the phone out, <laughs> and. Uh, um, she asked some professors and staff members uh, what they thought some terms that are used, some slang terms that are used by today's students. She asked them what they meant. And uh, Kate, um, what's been your finding so far? <laughs> um, yikes. Has been my, my finding, the main finding has been that every generation has ridiculous slang. Hmm. Ours is no worse than the slang. I think yours is worse. However, it is much more (laughs) mysterious in the origins of some of these words. Um, Yeah, stay tuned for that. Yeah, coming up next. The first one is, we're going to start easy. The first one is lit. So, lit and woke are not the same thing, I don't think. Oh, so smart. I know woke. Okay. No Wait, what's woke? You can so, start yeah, woke. Okay, so you stay woke. You're, it means you're aware. You know what's going on around you and the very well staying, done. Staying, kind of socially active and, and yeah. Textbook, got, Urban got Dictionary. Yes. Love that. All yes. right. Uh, so that's different than lit, though. Do you have an idea of lit? lit? Lit is uh, like I get. I'm I'm thinking more of like height. Yeah. Okay. You can give me a synonym. That's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, okay. Hi. So, like, a party can be lit. Yeah, a person, party. I suppose. Awesome, can be lit. super, like, over okay. the top. So, how would you use the word lit? Lit? Yeah. L I T. I just think of the bit emoji that says it's lit, fam. That's exactly it. Yeah. Okay. It's going to be good. It's going to be, the party's going to be lit. Okay. To slay. If you were a millennial, do you know the meaning of that word? I do not, so I would say um, to slay a dragon. <laughs> okay, perfect. That's all I know. To That's slay a great dragon. one. All right. To slay a dragon. Would you ever use the word yeet? Y e e t. And if so, yeet. in what context would you use the word yeet? I would say it's time to yeet. <laughs> it's time to yeet. That's perfect. It's time to yeet. <laughs> two for two. You're doing great. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. All right. Next one is extra. Ooh. You got me on that one. That's okay. That's okay. All right. Do you know? I'm going to give no, you no, three no, more. No, no, tell me. Extra. What is that? Okay. If a person is being extra, they are being over the top, sometimes to an, a degree of annoyance. Um, so someone will show up, say, in like, 
I don't know, club clothes to just to hang out while they're being really extra. That's a terrible example. Okay. Okay. That's no, a good no, one. That's good. That's good. I'm, um, I'm could you use the term ghosted? Ghosted. It's a verb. Hello. I think that's cheating because I heard it on the radio. Okay, like they cheating just, in a relationship. They just talked about okay. being ghosted. Okay. Ghosted, so All right, I'll accept that one. Sounds good. Yeah, kinda. Uh, All right, give me a shot. Uh, Sarah was supposed to be at, be at the party, or Sarah was at the party, but all of a sudden she just ghosted out. Okay. Like, yeah, like That's completely not bad. vanished. I kind of disappeared without yes. saying goodbye to anybody, like completely out. That's good. That sounds like an Irish goodbye. Usually, just for future reference, ghosted refers to something where someone's texting you and hanging out with you, and all of a sudden they just cut you off without a word of explanation. Wow. So, um, how about, this is a tough one. No one's gotten this yet. Luke. L-E-W-K. L-E-W-K. <laughs> I can, okay. Um, like, a look? Exactly. Like, judgmental? Yes, that's exactly what that is. Um, okay, I have two more. Okay. The first one is Gucci. Gucci? Yep. Yeah, like, that's Gucci. That's good. It's good. all good. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. You okay. are like two or three. So right I'm now. pretty good. Awesome. And then actually I have two more. This one is hard too. Um, Stan. S T A N. Stan. Like mm-hmm. Stan the Man. <laughs> Stan the Man. <laughs> Perfect. I'm not familiar with Stan the Man, but I totally believe you. You said that with so much confidence. Okay. <laughs> the last one is sus. S U S. Sus. I don't know. I feel like that's a negative. Like, yeah. Sus. Okay. Do you have, like, could you give a synonym, maybe? You know, like, you know I feel like that's this? judgy. It is a little bit. That's short for suspect. Um, suspicious. How about that? So instead of saying, oh, that's really sketchy, like, why are you looking at me like that? Huh. Stop being sus. Sus. So, yeah, right. I think the moral of the story is that the kids shorten everything yeah. now. <laughs> like, nothing can escape it. But that's funny because that means don't overthink it. Just right. chop the word. Just chop the word and say it. Yeah. There's literally no word that you cannot <laughs> chop. So. The last one I'm going to give you is shook. Do you know the definition of the word shook? I am all shook up. Actually, that's absolutely accurate. Is it? Yes, it is. We're going to abbreviate it to I am shook. I am shook. Yeah. I am all, all right. shook up. Okay. There you go. You have right, right. three or four millennial terms. Those were perfect. Out.